0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from the book of Numbers in chapter 27, verses 12 through 20. And I read from the Good News Translation. And I want to invite you to page 179 in your pew Bibles if you'd like to follow along with today's reading. The Lord said to Moses, Go up in the Abraham mountains and look out over the land I am giving to the Israelites. After you have seen it, you will die, as your brother Aaron did, because both of you rebelled against my command in the wilderness of Zin. When the whole community complained against me at Meribah, you refused to acknowledge my holy power before them. Meribah is in the spring at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Moses prayed, Lord God, source of all life, appoint, I pray, a man who will lead the people and can command them in battle so that your community will not be like a sheep without a shepherd. The Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a capable man, and place your hands on his head. Have him stand in front of Eleazar, the priest, and the whole community, and there before them all proclaim him as your successor." Give him some of your own authority, so that the whole community of Israel will obey him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So during the early part of the summer months when I was in upper elementary and middle school, if you wanted to find my sister, my dad, or I at 7 o'clock in the morning during the summer, no, I promise I'm not bitter, you'd only have to look as far as the grove of trees north of our house, north of Gregory, South Dakota. Because for one hour every day in the cool of the morning, before it was so punishingly hot, we would be out in those trees, as my dad put it, building character. And by building character, he meant hoeing weeds in trees. And the reason why is because when I was in either third or fourth grade, my dad rightly took out an old and overgrown shelter belt in order to plant a new shelter belt. And by the way, we planted those trees by hand. I promise I'm not bitter. Why would you ask? (laughs) And the reason why we would then take care of these trees We would take care of these trees to make sure that they weren't choked out by the weeds around them and we would take care of them by hoeing the weeds and hoeing the weeds and hoeing the weeds. And I gotta tell you, for the first few years, from the outside looking in, it looked really silly. Because there we were in these rows of trees that looked nothing like more than sticks in the ground. (sighs) But Because of our hard work so long ago, because of our diligent work so long ago, I was able to drive to the farm last weekend while I was out hunting pheasants. I was able to stop and take this picture. Uh, Those trees to the right, those are the little sticks that we're talking about growing. They grew up. They grew And, like, I've been off the farm since 2009 when I took my first summer job in college and didn't go back to the farm. I just stayed in Sioux Falls. So I barely got to enjoy the shade of these these trees, but someone else does. And that's what they're there for, right? Even though I did not necessarily get to enjoy the shade of these particular trees, somebody else does. And these trees are forever a part of something that I did. These trees are forever a part of my legacy. And that's important because this morning we're going to begin talking about a new message series, a message series focused around our legacy. Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about what we want our legacies to be. We're going to discover how people's legacies of those who have gone before us, people's faithfulness, have equipped us for our current situation And we're also going to dream about how our lives and legacies will impact the future and find themselves so interconnected to the larger story that God is telling through human history. But first, before we do all that, I think it's helpful for us to think about what exactly is a legacy. Because as Avenel told us during the children's sermon, that's a word we know, but it's not necessarily a word that we like No, right? It's something that we can't quite explain. So the question is this, is my legacy as a part of being on the farm, as a part of Lundberg Land and Cattle, is my legacy just the trees? I really hope not. I hope that my legacy as a farm kid is more about the character that we built in those rows of trees, of being a part of something that I didn't get to enjoy, but that somebody else does, of there being something bigger. On the idea of legacy, author Susan V. Bozak, the founder of the Legacy Project, wrote it this way. She wrote, legacy is about life and living. Legacy is about learning from our past and living in the present and building for the future. And on the topic of trees and legacies, Susan Bozak wrote this, Ecologists say that young trees grow better when they are planted in the presence of older trees. And so, yeah, my dad and I got that one wrong. And that the reason why is because of the roots. The roots of young trees are able to follow the pathways of old trees, and they're able to implant in the ground more deeply. And what ecologists find is that, strong, that, that roots will even graft themselves together, creating this intricate and interdependent foundation hidden under the ground. And what we also find is that strong trees share resources with weaker trees so that the entire forest is healthier. This is legacy. Susan Bozark writes, this is legacy. There is an interconnection across time where we have a need for those who come before us and we have a responsibility for those who come after us. We have a need for those who have gone before us and a responsibility to those who come after us a legacy is being a part of something that is bigger than ourselves a future that is not our own in our scripture for this morning moses finds himself in this pivotal moment of his life he finds himself in this place that will shape his own legacy. Because when we meet Moses in our scripture for this morning, he has been leading the Hebrew people for 40 years. He's been leading them from their time of exodus, from slavery in Egypt, through the wilderness, and all the challenges, and all the complaining, and all the frustration that Eric talked, about us, uh, talked with us about last week. Moses has been their leader until they've come to this point where they are near the land that has been promised by God to Moses' ancestors. And as Moses comes to the end of his life, he has to reckon with part of his legacy. Part of Moses' legacy that we read in our scripture is that he will not be the leader of the Hebrew people that will bring them into the promised land. Because earlier in Moses' history, Moses had a moment that shaped his legacy in the opposite way. In Numbers chapter 20, the people of God are on the verge of entering the promised land at a place called Meribah Kadesh, And the people of God have once again lost their patience with everything that's been going on. They've lost their patience with the wilderness, and they've turned to Aaron and Moses to complain once again that life was better as slaves in Egypt rather than as dying free people in the wilderness. And there at Meribah, God told Moses what to do, and Moses did it. Kind of. Moses listened to the word of God and did what God said, almost. What Moses ended up doing was taking credit for God's provision. What Moses ended up doing was allowing frustration to get the best of him. What Moses did was act from a place of anger rather than a place of caring for the people of God. And because of this unfaithfulness, God told both Moses and Aaron that they would not be the ones to lead Israel into the promised land. Shortly thereafter, the brother of Moses, Aaron, died. And now, as we meet Moses in our scripture, God gives Moses a glimpse of the Holy Land. God gives, moment, gives Moses a glimpse of what is next for the people of God. And then he is taken up, or was, God says he's going to be taken up in his ans- with his ancestors, which is just a poetic way of saying that Moses is going to die. So here we are on the mountains of Abraham, and God or life or circumstances have given Moses another chance to define his legacy. He lost part of his legacy because of his selfishness and frustration. That's not going to change. But here he has this second chance. What will he do now? In these closing moments of his own life, will he think only of himself, or will he remember that he has a responsibility to those who are coming after him? And that's when Moses prays. Moses prayed, Lord God, source of all life, appoint I pray a man who will lead the people, who can command them in battle, so that your community will not be like a sheep without a shepherd. In the closing moments of his life, his concern is not for himself. His concern is not for his own fame or notoriety. His concern is not for his health, his wealth, or even his comfort in the closing moments of Moses' life. His concern is for the people. His concern is for the people. He wants to make sure that the people are given a leader to follow. He wants to make sure that the people are given a leader who will go before them and lead them out and gather them in and care for them and protect them and shield them and love them. In his last interaction with God, Moses fulfills his responsibility to those who are coming after him. Moses' legacy is not just wrapped up in Meribah. Moses' legacy is bigger. And Moses' legacy is one of care for the people and guidance for the people and faithfulness to God and leadership. Moses led the people of God to the pinnacle of the Holy Land and then left them with a leader. Joshua, the son of Nun, Joshua, the one chosen by God, commissioned by Moses, and guided by the priest Eleazar. And this isn't just pivotal to Moses' legacy, but it's also pivotal to the ongoing story of the people of God. Moses commissioned Joshua for the work of leading the people. And what I find so interesting is that Moses then spends... Time with Joshua for a while. Our reading today came to us from the book of Numbers, the later half of the book of Numbers. But there's an entire other book of the Bible coming next called Deuteronomy. That's after when Moses dies. So during that time, Moses did not interact with God, but Moses interacted with the people, teaching them all that God had told them up until now, preparing Joshua for leadership. And so his legacy is ensured as the people of God graft on to the leadership of Joshua. And Moses and Joshua become inherently linked together as this old growth and new growth moving forward together so that the entire forest is healthy. The entire people of God are cared for. So the question becomes for you and for me this morning, as we think about our own legacies, the question is this. What or who are you nurturing? What young tree are you nurturing? What are you growing? How are you sharing your resources of time, talent, and treasure to ensure that our entire forest grows healthier? How are we incorporating the next generation? Whether that be through our profession or our family or especially here in the church, there is work to be done after us. And there is work that will be carried on after we are gone. And it doesn't matter if that's being in business or working or cleaning or hoeing trees or even raising the next generation of disciples of Jesus Christ who will make a difference. Our work, all of our work, can continue after us if we take the example of Moses and pour into those that are coming next. We have a need for those that have gone before us and a responsibility to those who are coming next. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we just give you thanks for the legacies of lives that have impacted us. We give you thanks for people that have poured into us to make us who we are, that have made us strong, strong to serve you. And as we think about our life moving forward, just show us someone, oh God, that you want us to pour into so that the work that you have called us to do may continue beyond us and into your future. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.